Welcome to Filled with His Love, Strengthening Attachment Relationships. So, the other day we had an episode called Have You Ever Had an Adverse Childhood Experience? ACE, we call them. After that episode, uh, Dave wrote me a message and he said, Your episode on ACEs, I wonder how much of the opposite is also true. We talk a lot about the legacy of faith and other virtues and attributes that have been passed down to us from our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, etc. What does the science say about what gets passed on to following generations, for good or bad, before events of childhood can have an impact? This is a great question. And by the way, if you ever have a question like this following an episode, I would love to hear about it. So let's unpack this question a little bit because it has several parts to it. First thing, is there such a thing as inherited faith? In other words, do genes affect our religiosity? Um, So interestingly, there have been a number of studies, like many studies done with twins, identical twins comparing identical twins with fraternal twins. Here's what that research shows. And you can find it in a book called Identically Different, Why You Can Change Your Genes by Tim Spector. It's a book you can find on Amazon. So science has shown us clearly, this is a quote from this book, that one level of belief in God and overall spirituality is shaped not only by a mix of family environment and upbringing, like the ACEs we talked about, uh, which is not surprising, of course, that that affects us, our upbringing, but also by our genes, which is kind of surprising. Twin studies conducted around the world in the U.S., Netherlands, Australia, as well as in the U.K., show a 40 to 50% genetic component to belief in God. So what is striking is that these findings of a genetic basis for belief are consistent even across countries like the U.S. and U.K., still quoting from Tim Spector's book, with their huge differences in beliefs in church attendance. For example, now listen to this. In the latest surveys in the U.S., when asked, 61% of white Americans say they firmly, without any doubt, believe in God, compared with only 17% of firm believers in similar populations in the UK, greater than a threefold difference. The opposite scenario of non-belief is also true. Only a tiny 3% of the US population report being firmly atheist compared with 18% in the UK. That's six times, really. As well as belief, participation follows separate trends in the two countries. Some form of weekly church attendance is now nearly three times higher in the U.S. than in the U.K. Now, there's one danger about all this. You could say, my genes made me do it. We've joked about that sometimes, how we can blame things on our genes. Uh, but that where does agency then come in? So, then we get into the field of epigenetics. I don't want to get into a detailed study or a detailed explanation of this right now, but the epigenetics is the study of changes in organisms caused by modification of gene expression rather than alteration of the genetic code itself. In other words, we can actually change the expression of our genes without changing the DNA makeup of our genes. And that's the environmental effect. Now, I want to add something here. People always talk about nature and nurture. 
to what extent, in this case, is religiosity or spirituality a result of our upbringing, our nurture, they call it, or a result of our nature, our gene makeup. So, Elder Maxwell once gave a talk to social scientists at BYU, and he said, one thing we can say with clarity as believers in the Restoration is that nature and nurture do not constitute 100% of the explanation of why we think the way we do or why we behave. In other words, we bring things with us from the previous life, trailing clouds of glory, as the poet said. Now, here's a verse from the Doctrine and Covenants. Preaching and expounding, writing, copying, selecting, and obtaining all things which shall be for the good of the church and for the rising generations that shall grow up on the land of Zion, to possess it from generation to generation forever and ever. In other words, our job, our duty, our goal in the church is to help that rising generation develop faith, regardless of what genetic makeup they came with. My mother-in-law, Lola Sedgwick, was an amazing woman. She would see religious symbols even in the rocks on the mountain. So one of her uh, attributions to a rock was the pulpit of the Lord. And that's where she would go often to pray uh, in the morning. She would hike up a little ways on the mountain and pray at the pulpit of the Lord. Now, even after she's passed away, we see that rock, we imagine her praying, we feel her faith. Uh, That influences us even from the other side of the veil. So, uh, genes aside, the effect of her life and the life of her husband and others and other ancestors continually affect our faith. In other words, they have epigenetic effects on us. Now, here's one more important piece in this answer to Dave's question. Paul Savory wrote an article about positive childhood experiences, PCEs, instead of ACEs. He came up with a list of these, and you could check these off. You can ask yourself right now, and these are the questions he asked. Thinking back on your childhood, I was able to talk with my family about my feelings. Number two, I felt that my family stood by me during difficult times. Three, I enjoyed participating in community traditions. Four, I felt a sense of belonging in high school. Five, I felt supported by my friends. Six, I had at least two non-parent adults who took a genuine interest in me. And lastly, I felt safe and protected by an adult in my home. Now, I could answer positively to all those, and some people might not be able to, but where it says I had at least two non-parent adults uh, who took genuine interest in me, well, I remember my young men's leaders, frankly. I actually grew very close to uh, one of them particularly, but others also, several of them actually. And uh, community traditions, well, these were church traditions. I enjoyed participating in church activities that involved the whole community. So, yes, I could answer yes to all of those. Uh, 
So here's what he found. The accumulation, quote, of positive experiences, just like the accumulation of adverse experiences, really packs a punch. We found that having higher counts of those positive experiences was associated with 72% lower odds of having depression or poor mental health overall as an adult. That's worth thinking about for a minute. In other words, the more positive childhood experiences we have and that we allow our children to have, the less probability there will be that they will experience anxiety, depression, other health problems in adulthood. So the conclusion, we need to give our children as many of these positive experiences as possible. We need to build each other's faith even as adults. We need to draw spiritual strength from one another. In the previous episode, my brother lost his faith for a time, and when I asked him what he thought caused that, he said, I blame it on my drug addiction. And I said, well, yeah, because that's those drugs are mind-altering. But now he is letting go of the effects of those mind-altering drugs and letting the Spirit of the Lord into his life again. He's praying. He's trying to close that gap between him and the Lord. We know that that happens. I love this verse, draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. He's always ready to draw near unto us. We just have to take that first step and draw near unto him. So no one talks about this. I've never heard, of course, anyone mention this, but this is what I might call spiritual epigenetics. We let God change our hearts. We let him change those inborn genetic tendencies that would lead us away from God so that those genetic tendencies do not express themselves. That's how we put the natural man or woman out of our life and become a child, meek, submissive, and willing to submit to God. So, personally to Dave, I hope this answers your question. I hope it was interesting for everybody else. And I hope, again, if you ever have a question about any aspect of this podcast, you will send a message to me, rtosgathorpe at gmail.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.